Yes, Honest Actors is back with brand new episodes every Friday. To help me continue releasing new episodes without a sponsor, or to say thanks for your favourite old ones, click the support link in the episode description. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. It's a one-off, feeling generous, good deed for the day sort of thing. Think of it as bumping into me and buying me a drink. To find out more, click the support link. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Uh, yeah, mine's a large red. I hate those guys. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. My name is Adrian Lester. I'm Joanna Scanlon. Terry Minot. Verona Taggart. John Joe O'Neill. Sarah Ball. Tom Riley. Kate Fleetwood. John Heffernan. And I'm Jonathan Harden. And very, very soon, you'll be listening to a brand new series of the Honest Actors podcast. So, series three... 13 brand new episodes will be with you this side of Christmas 2018. Keep an ear out. I can guarantee that the people you've just heard speak will be part of that series. No surprises there. There will also be a few more surprises that I can't yet talk about. So keep an ear out. It's coming your way very, very soon. In the meantime, though, I've been keeping busy. It's TUC Young Workers Month this November, and every November, actually. And as part of that, I've gone back and spoken to the emerging actors and also recorded a special live podcast for Equity. You may remember that two years ago, I had a roundtable discussion in the spotlight with seven emerging actors. That video went online on YouTube. It's still there. If you haven't already seen it, just search for Emerging Actors Roundtable, and it should be results number one and two. Anyway... I went back, met up with all the guys two years later. So all I wanted to find out was what had happened in those intervening 24 months. How had their careers gone in terms of what their expectations had been and also what they'd learned along the way, if they had any wisdom to pass on to people who might be in a similar situation or even slightly further back in terms of their career. So have a listen. I found it absolutely fascinating. I hope you will too. The live podcast we recorded last week at the New Diorama Theatre, it was hosted by Lorna Wallace-Taylor and features uh, Emily Barrington and Sean Biggerstaff. It's well worth a listen as well. For now, though, here's another emerging actor. My name is Jack Forsyth-Noble, and you are listening to the Honest Actors podcast. Can you remind us... uh, Two years is a long time. Mm -hmm. Can you remind us where you were, what was going on, uh, what stage you were at? the last time we spoke? Yeah, um, I think I was in my first term of my postgrad at drama school. So I was right in the middle of it. Um, and I think we were about to do Panto. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you didn't mention that at the time. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> cool. Um, okay, so uh, last time we met, as I said, two years ago, a long time ago, a lot has happened. Uh, for everybody that was involved, I think. Um, certainly not least you. Uh, one of the things that came up l- whenever we discussed um, what it is you wanted that two years to bring. You yeah. had everyone obviously 
has aspirations for their life, for their career. And one of the things that you admitted to the first time we spoke was that you uh, were struggling to get seen for good work. Those were your own words. Yeah. Um, and that you hoped doing that postgrad that you just talked about would somehow solve that or help you get past that. Do you feel like that's still the case? Um, in some ways, yeah. Definitely, I still don't have access to the people that I feel will give me entrance to a room, if that makes sense. But also, what I have got is way more of a sense to, of how to, to contact those people myself, and um, which is something I definitely learned through drama school, was having the initiative to go out and seek it yourself um, and show your worth in whatever way that is. Um, one of the things in the application that you talked about just in relation to that was um, your, your fear that you would be spending £20,000 and still not be taken seriously. Right. Um, that's obviously, being taken seriously is slightly different to getting access to the room for big jobs. Yeah. Do you feel like you're being taken seriously on the back of training? Yeah, I think definitely to have a drama school on your CV changes things massively. Like you, whether it's right or wrong, you are perceived as having a qualification as an actor. Whereas if you're approaching it without going to drama school, to some extent, I'd say there is still a bit of an attitude towards towards that. Um, Changing, but still there, I'd say. Um, I think in terms of the, the group dynamic last time, I've just chatted to Paul, and we agreed that he was probably the uh, uh, cynic in the room. Right. He felt most cynical about his own career mm. and also felt that everyone else possibly had a bit of rose-tinted glasses or a bit of over-optimism. -optim I think you sat somewhere in the middle. You were kind yep. of very much uh, in both camps at times. Yep. Um, do you think you've got more optimistic about what lies ahead in the intervening years? Um, I think that I've kind of realised you have to be realistic about the way it all works and the difficulties of it. But if you, if you don't have that belief that uh, that optimism there's just there's no point in doing it because you will just get run down in your own negativity I suppose so you have to be aware of the reality but also have have optimism because it affects the way you live your life on a daily basis which affects your work um, we we chatted at the end about uh, would you still be doing this in 10 years and one of the questions that also came up was um, do you ever think you get to the point where you will survive by acting alone? And I think you said that that almost that that didn't matter. That you kind of expected not to ever be able to do that, or or yeah. or that that was a possibility, and that was one you were kind of fine with, right? Yeah. Do you still feel like that reflects how you feel? And also, um, are you there yet? Have you got to the point where you're surviving <laughs> by acting alone? I'm not acting alone, but uh, to some extent, some of my income is from acting, and that it seems to increase every year, which is nice. Um, I don't know if it if I'd be happy by making money not off acting forever. I think that maybe is a slightly optimistic thing to say, but um, I understand that there's times where you need to do other work and there's times where you don't. Obviously, ideally, we will get to a level where you don't have to do that other work, but I'm happy to do it 
as long as it allows me to do the acting work. Um, this is going to seem slightly unfair. Mm. Uh, when I pressed the button to cease the recording with Paul, uh, he said he felt a bit like he'd been attacked uh, by Paxman. Uh, <laughs> I feel like that was unfair. Um, but I, mean, I went through the applications and uh, to be part of the roundtable, I should say. And I uh, obviously watched the roundtable again and the little chats we had. And one of the things that stuck, struck me on everybody's part was that thing about how much you expected to make in your first year. Mm. Um, and you were in the fairly common, um, half the group agreed with you on this, they felt the same, but you had felt like you might make six to 9,000 pounds a year in your first year. Now, I'm not gonna ask you to put a figure on it. I'm just gonna ask, do you? Did, did you kind of get round there? Is that, is that where things were sitting for you? If you don't want to discuss it, that's fine. But I feel like those are <laughs> things people might want to know in a similar situation to you, because these are the things we don't talk about yeah. necessarily. Yeah, definitely was within, within that bracket that I said, if not slightly above actually, which good. is pretty good going. Yeah, I'd I mean, that's, I think that's, that's <laughs> yeah. probably includes in that bracket the average annual earnings for an actor in the mm -hmm. UK. Really, right. Yes, I think yeah. it's about £9,000 right, is the right. average. Yeah. But obviously that's overinflated by the very, very few big earners. Yes. So yeah, it's probably yeah. in real terms, if you just counted the yes. top 5%, it's probably, I'd say, a lot lower. Yeah. Um, okay. So online, uh, we had a, uh, I asked people to suggest questions and I also asked the rest of the group to suggest questions. And I got some back, uh, which is always good. Um, and uh, I'm going to ask those now. There may be less of a flow to this. It may seem a bit more like quick fire, but yeah. let's see where we are. Um, you had an agent before. You'd worked before, right? Before drama school, yeah. yeah. And yeah. you went back to drama school in order to try and, I suppose, improve your brand as much, yeah. as, much as to learn, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, do you have a better agent now? I, yes, yeah, after a year of being with an agent that wasn't right, I've just changed to what I think is a better agent now. Um, and how did that come about? Um, through a friend who is with them, um, suggested I get in touch. I got in touch um, and met the agent, and then they came to see a show, and kind of pretty standard way of doing it, I think. But within that, and then being a better agent. Um, within that, you also have already referenced the fact that you kind of self-represent in some regards, so you have to yep. go out and seek the work. What kind of things do you do in order to support the agent in their work? Um, so I, I try, I'm on Mandy, so I go through everything that comes through on Mandy and submit myself to stuff on there. I'll go through as much as I can, everything that comes through on Spotlight, and if I'm seeing something that I think I should be submitted for, I will, some agents have the, the nudge facility on Spotlight, so you can nudge your agent if you want to be submitted for something, um, or you just let them know that you want to be submitted for that. So to know, knowing what's, what's coming through, I think is a really big part of being proactive. Um, and then also getting to know companies and directors and casting directors and stuff like that, doing your research so that... How confident would you be if I was to list six theatres in London, how confident are you that you would know who the artistic director is? Uh, not, not that confident because what I found is that 
the, the like the names that stick with me are the people that come I come into interaction with, if that makes sense. And obviously that grows as you, you can relax, more. by the way, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I did reach over here. That was partly a, a fake. Okay, I don't have a list. Um, but I could see the panic in your eyes. Do you think those things are important? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Do you think you should, like, you know, you should know those things? Yeah, I'd say so. But it's just the way my brain works. I need something to, to hold on to that name. If I hear a name, I need something to attach it to, if that makes sense. Do you read... Reviews, Guardian, yeah. theatre column. Do you uh, read the stage? Yeah, a bit. Yeah, probably um, more the Guardian than the stage. Yeah. Um, so you you do do a bit of kind of general research around yeah, things. Yeah. Um, how do you how do you build relationships then going beyond work? Do you are you the kind of person uh, stays in touch with people you've worked? I mean, directors rather than actors. Um, yeah, yeah. I think not. I don't like email every director I've worked with every three months or anything like that. But the ones that you you kind of have a hey man yeah still <laughs> not working it. yeah exactly. But like the ones that you you bounce off or whatever, I think definitely keep keep that relationship going. And what about social media? Do you are you on there? Yep, definitely. Do you use it for work? Yes. Yep. Does your social media presence reflect the reality of? your working life or a elevated version of it probably an, an elevated version of it I don't I won't post if I'm not working so I only post when I'm working um, which sometimes means there's gaps in my social media postings but you be, no you've said that everyone knows <laughs> yeah. uh, so do you look at other people's social media when they're working yeah yeah uh, does, do you find that has an impact upon your mood? If you see someone, say, you trained with or mm -hmm. someone who you know from before that or from other, other jobs and you see that they're working, does that, is that inclined to put not, a dampener on your day? Not that they're working. I think there's a, a range of ways in which people deliver their, their news, their acting news. And if someone is just keep, you know, keeping a diary on social media, that's cool. Someone's literally like, <clears throat> I'm doing great. And doing great constantly, then that—that's irritating. Has being an actor generally, do you think, had an impact on your mental health for good or for bad? Both, I'd say. Yeah, it definitely has had an impact. And when it's good, it's the best you are. And then when it's bad, it's really bad, for sure. And does it have an impact upon relationships, personal, yeah. family? Hundred percent. How? Um, a lot of it is about. Uh, a confidence thing and learning not to attach who your confidence in yourself as a person to how successful you you are is like a, a journey that I'm on or whatever and if you're not on a, on the good side of that it can affect how you relate to people on a, on a daily basis um, so the fact that we're talking about this and I didn't ask you a question about personal relationships and finances and mental health and you aren't yet in tears. Mm. Either means you've compartmentalized it to the point where when you leave this room and you're next on your own, you will. Uh, <laughs> or you've developed some coping mechanisms and some strategies over the past two years and in the time before that, mm. both as an actor and as a human being, right? What are the things you've learned over the past two years to help you in that regard specifically? So 
coping with rejection, coping with uh, irregular working patterns, all of that stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> How do you cope with that better now than two years ago, if at all? Um, I think I'm more aware of it than I was two years ago, so I'm self-analyzing more, not necessarily in a bad way, but also I think I've learned to dismiss things and move on and keep myself, that there's always something to do, if that makes sense, without being obsessive and constantly needing to do something. You can always research something or you can always find out about a show or find out about a director and look them up and write to them if you think it's the right thing to do or whatever. So rather than getting sad because I didn't get audition, I try, and I'm not always successful, to get myself back out into looking what's, what's out there. Um. What has been the big lessons then generally, not just about, you know, keeping positive or keeping moving? Generally, have there been any other lessons? Um, to do it to do it yourself, to go to something that you're not necessarily the right age or you've just missed the age bracket or whatever. Um, or if your agent isn't submitting you, some write to them directly to just have that initiative sometimes it doesn't work but sometimes it does work if that makes sense mm. um, so what are you still struggling with then if those are the lessons those are the things that you're starting to uh, have coping mechanisms for or mm. strategies or or things that you've learned what are the things that with regard to being an actor you still find difficult well the, there's there's still there's still gatekeepers that impact how I can progress in my career and I still don't know those gatekeepers so I'm still I'm slowly climbing but I'm not going through those gates that I want to be going through and why do you think that is um, the whole plethora of reasons I guess but not having even not having an agent that has access to those people is a big part of it because that's what part of what an agent is supposed to do is get you into a room with these people um, and if they can't do that it's even harder for for you know some one actor and a million actors to get that access to. And how do you see yourself? I mean, this is kind of, uh, how do you see yourself in the industry in terms of your place? Are you, are you pleased with where you are in respect of where you wanted to be two years ago? Are you doing slightly better or slightly worse? Like where, where do you think you've got to in terms of where you aspired to be yeah. and where you actually are? Well, I think that everyone, goes through drama school um, and they leave drama school thinking that they're going to be the one to break the mould and that they're going to be the one that makes it or whatever. Um, so considering that and the other end of that, which is not to have worked since I left drama school, I'm in a, I'm really happy with where I am. So that implies there are people doing better than you? Who left from your drama school? Um, not, not necessarily, but I mean more in, in terms of what I consider success for myself in my career. 
That was unfair of me. Uh, <laughs> um, so we talked a lot about uh, last time about um, whether people felt like they would ever get to the point where acting would be their only source of income and they could survive by acting alone. Um, you still do other jobs. Do you find it difficult to balance that or have you hit upon something that works? Um, not one thing that works now. I do a bunch of different things, um, but I've just decided that that is not worth missing out on acting opportunities. So I quite often it will have to not go back to a job or whatever because I've had to cancel last minute or whatever. So there's no one, I haven't fixed that problem yet. You may never fix that problem. <laughs> I may never fix that problem. Uh, lots of us don't. No. So but I think people, like if you have other skills, I don't know if you're into computers or whatever, just do a side business because it seems to be what works for a lot of people. It's the great lie, isn't it, um, that, that the people who we think survive by acting alone often don't. Yeah. And by that I mean, and I had this conversation with Joanna Scanlon this week, who I was interviewing for the podcast, and talking about actors who, when you see them on TV and on stage at the RSC and the National, you think, well, of course, this is their only income, and then you find out they run a catering company, yeah, yeah. or bought six houses in Pimlico exactly. in the 80s. Or, you know, there are people who have florist businesses that they never yeah. talk about. Why would they? Or Whenever a garlic they, farm. You know, <laughs> all this weird and wonderful stuff. And part of the problem is because they never talk about it, our aspirations as people who aren't at the point where they, we can survive by acting alone are in some ways skewed yep. by a falsehood. Exactly. They are skewed by the fact of our, our information is limited and we're basing our aspirations on a lie yep. that exists for even fewer people than we think it does. Totally. Um, so what are you going to do with that? What's your, what's your business plan? <laughs> I don't know. I'm thinking about it, but I haven't had any strokes of genius yet. You're open to suggestions yeah, absolutely, and offers. Absolutely, and funding. <laughs> At Jay Noble on Twitter, if you have a business idea. Um, so if I was to sit here with you in two years' time, what do you think are the chances that you'll still be acting? Not to 100%. Yeah, it's got to be 100. And what do you think are the chances that you'll be surviving by acting alone? I don't know, maybe, maybe 20, 20%. And uh, what would you like to be sitting telling me in two years? I don't mean in cloud cuckoo, blue sky, you know, uh, positive thinking kind of world. Mm. I mean, in very real terms, last time you wanted to be taken more seriously. Mm. What do you want to be saying in two years you've achieved? Um... I guess like a good balance of career progression and that working with the rest of life, I guess. So it's more of a personal goal really that than a career one. Yeah. Because one would say if you haven't worked at all, but you're happy in your personal life, then you've succeeded in that goal. Well, but you need the career progression in there, so I think because I won't be happy. So how will you judge the career? How will you judge forward. the career progression? 
Um, to work, not necessarily more, but to continue working on a yearly basis, if that makes sense. So I don't want to, I would freak out if I went for more than six or seven months without working. I know, I know. We all, I think we all do. <laughs> I think sometimes we all freak out six or seven days or weeks or months before yeah. a job finishes, no, depending absolutely. on the job. Absolutely. Um, so you, you want a more, is it more consistent, higher quality, which is more important, the regularity or the quality? Yeah, I get, yeah, it's the quality. But the regularity is also important because or else my mental health goes up and down a lot. When we talked last time, uh, you said you'd made yourself start to say that you were an actor. I'd made myself say it. Yeah. You'd, yeah. You'd made yourself kind of say it and say it without equivocation. Yes. And I do that now without thinking about it. I was going to ask that. Have you moved on beyond the kind of consciously not ob objecting to your own acting? Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. I mean, uh, definitely within the industry, it's different when you're around family. But yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. So what, what's different around family? Like, let's say we're in the noble family household around <laughs> Christmas. The Forsyth nobles yeah. are gathered round. It's, they don't have an understanding of how the industry works. So I think it's spoken about quite a lot these days, but if you're not acting on television, you're not really an actor, you're an aspiring actor or whatever. Um, Semi-professional. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so it's difficult to measure what a professional actor or a successful actor is for someone that's not in that world. Are you successful? Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. Um, over the course of the past two years, have you at any point seriously or momentarily considered giving up? Um, momentarily, but not seriously. For what reason? Just occasionally thought, is there, is there anything else that I'm good at that I could do? And then I've realized that, no, there's not. <laughs> better crack on <laughs> well that kind of puts pay to the whole uh having a business on the side idea then, yeah doesn't it? yeah unless your business on the side is acting <laughs> and an actor with a side of, of acting. acting yeah but i don't know like there's nothing else that i'm as good at maybe there's other things that i'm okay at but that's what i okay yeah. um if in two years you're not working at a higher level and you're not working more consistently mm. or let's say in five years time that you've gone through a period not of seven months or six months but of say two years and you haven't worked do you think there's a sense you have of a cutoff of something that would make you give up do you know what that might be at this point um not really for me, because I've always made it work however I could thought for me, but in being in, in a relationship, you're no longer just looking after what your interests are. You have to find balance with someone else's interests. Um, so for me, that's never a cut off, but then working with someone else, they would have there may be times where we have to have conversations about. Whereas on my own, I wouldn't have a conversation about cutting it off. 
It'd be weird to have a conversation on your own in fairness. <laughs> I guess I know what you mean. Um, so that's kind of, I think, pretty much a lot of what I wanted to talk about covered. Mm. Um, is there anything you're particularly interested in with the rest of the group, like in terms of the impressions you took away on that night of where everyone else was mm. and where you sat within that? Is there anything you're interested to see from the others? Um, I, I think I'd, I think it's been spoken about in general more, but I'm, I am interested to know how other actors and you know uh, these guys cope with the mental health side of it because it is a bit of a ride, and the more you talk about it to other people, the less it seems like isolating. So I think that's what I'd be interested to know. I shall ask him. Thank you. <laughs> but then you knew I was going to ask him anyway. Uh, so to round off, uh, it's not entirely fair, um, but I ask it of everyone, and I'm not going to make a special exception for you guys. <laughs> Are you in anything at the minute? I'm not. <laughs> you were about to say, I just finished something, weren't you? I was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know. But then I was being honest. So. Yeah. Thank you. Listen, uh, it's been a pleasure catching up. I really appreciate you coming in to chat. And uh, I look forward to finding out about your garlic form <laughs> in two years. Thanks, yeah, man. Sorted. Thank you. And that's it for another Emerging Actors Chat. Six more of those are available this very day on this very same podcast outlet. But before I let you go and listen to those, I have some thank yous. Thank you to Jennifer Kay and Louise Waller, the assistant producers on this. Thank you also to Theatre Delhi and 1984 Personal Management in whose spaces I recorded the interviews. Theatre Delhi, you can follow on Twitter at Theatre Delhi. You can also find out more about what they do at theaterdelhi.co.uk. So thanks to both Theatre Delhi and 1984, to Louise and to Jennifer. And don't forget... Series 3 is coming your way very soon. Make sure you're automatically set up to download it. And there's also a live podcast event for TUC Young Workers Month in association with Equity that's also available this very day. The guests on that, Emily Barrington and Sean Biggerstaff, it's well worth a listen. Have a go. Anyway, I'll speak to you soon when Series 3 is out. Take care of yourself. Speak to you soon. 